about to enter the Double Dragon Podcast with Shane Greenwood, owner of Double Dragon Gym in the Sutherland Shire, Trent Lawrence, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Black Belt, and active pro Muay Thai fighter, Hugh O'Donnell. Are you ready? Fight! Fight! Okay, and welcome back to End of the Double Dragon Podcast, episode 60, coming at you live from Double Dragon Gym in Southern Shire. Uh, it's your boy, Shane Greenwood here, and with me is Trenton Lawrence. Hello. And Hugh O'Donnell. Hey. How are you, fellas? Good. Good. Just finished training from there. Feeling all sorts of old right now. I've got a calf cramp really bad. <laughs> And um, yeah, and there's like actually a fair bit to talk about from this. Like, I was talking to the fellas here before, so like today would be a lot of recap kind of stuff. I also like we did like an Instagram like ask questions, and we had a couple of good questions. And like, really, some of the questions that were asked will just take like a whole another podcast to like do. So we'll split that up into the next podcast. Maybe we'll try and do it over the weekend or something. But we will address some of those questions there, um, especially even like Luke's one <laughs> breaking down Bob Sapp versus the Bear. We might do like a like a, put it like. Start it on YouTube and do like a replay on live, like a commentary as it goes down. Yeah, play by play. <laughs> play by play. Um, and there was also like a question t- today that relates to like one of the UFC fights, uh, namely Fug Rose versus uh, Jessica Andrade, um, which will be basically covered today's podcast also because like it's a big topic and the fight was really good as well. Mm. Um, so let's just go straight off the bat. Like, you know, we'll go in chronological order, like what happened first. So, because um, last Friday we had the one championship card, uh, Warriors of Light, and it, like it was, it was a very Muay Thai heavy card because it was in Bangkok. Uh, let me quick check. I have to bring it up on my tabs here. Yep, it was in the Impact Arena in Bangkok from there. Um, yeah, we'll see. Where should we start? What was interesting from there? Um, yeah, Janet Toddford from the US, uh, USA. In an Adam Wake kickboxing uh, match against uh, Wang Ching Long from Taipei, and I didn't really know much about her. I don't think anyone did. Yeah, um, yeah, Janet Todd's been in there before. She, I think, she's, um, also known for fighting Stan Fairtex, and I think in her last fight was it? Uh yeah, her her debut for one was against yeah, Stan. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty decent debut. Yeah, that's a solid debut. And then she did a pretty good showing herself. Yeah, look good. And like in, in this one in particular, from there, I think this was more of a showcase fight to show, like you know. Like, you know, what she can really do. I guess, like, an opponent that probably, I don't know, wasn't really up to snuff with her own skills. Yeah, not at all. This is one of, like... Like, I'm a big fan of Janet Todd's. Like, I think she's really good. And I think she's, like, one of the top prospects in US Muay Thai. Mm. So I was looking forward to watch her fight and didn't know much about her opponent. But in one of my discussions with someone I was talking to about this fight, I said her opponent looked like she'd never been kicked before. And mm. someone said she hadn't. She had only boxed. Oh, yeah, she had a mixed boxing record and was making... So I don't know if that's true. I didn't actually look into it. But <laughs> apparently, like, yeah, like, super inexperienced. Because you could see, like... Like, when I say she looked like she'd never been kicked before, I really mean it looked like she had never absorbed a kick. Like, you can see when someone takes a hard kick to the leg or the body and they're just not conditioned to it. Like, she just couldn't stand the force of a kick. Like, would get knocked all over the place. And, like, pretty much once Janet just started firing off kicks... Mm-hmm. It was over with. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. Like, she's had no conditioning. Mm-hmm. It's just the kicks in there that are just brutalizing her. It's like, she just got folding in half. 
And the work was nice. Like, Janet was working really well off her lead leg. Mm-hmm. Had a good, like, answering her opponent coming in with a low kick. But, like, yeah, there was just nothing in it as soon as a couple of kicks went off. Like, mm. her opponent lost all stance. Like, just lost any confidence that she could get anything going. It was a really weird fight. Yeah. Like, a strong performance, but a weird match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, what, I don't know, what, what, what weight's Adam weight? No, I think that's strolling Adams 105. 105. Yeah. I think like a little bit of news from Australia from there, like uh, Alma just recently signed to one. Yeah, that's so awesome. Congratulations to her from there. And like, you know, like, yeah, that's a pretty strong, like it's a building division as well. And really I can see that division, like, you know, if you're sign, signing Alma, you've got to sign Yolanda. Yeah. you got to sign Brooke Farrell. Yeah. Like, you know, there's so many, like, it's, it's so many, like, Australia, it's like, that division's so strong in Australia. Yeah. And you also got really good ties as well. Yeah. From that one. So, like, you know, the, hopefully they sign a few more names like that from there, and that, that'd be a really good division to watch. Yeah, stacked, dude. Yeah, when I hear, like, I was stoked to hear that Armour um, sign with one. Um, big fan of her style. I think it, her style works really well for the little gloves as well. Hmm. Um, Has many of the girls done little gloves before? Um, I just no. can't remember it at the moment. Yeah, yeah I think uh, I think Stanford Janet fought in Little Gloves. Oh yeah, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Because mm. uh, I know Stamps fought MMA too, so like I know I've seen her in Little Gloves. So yeah. like I don't know, but yeah, I think yeah, I'm not sure. But like there hasn't been heaps of female super serious fights, nah. really. So it's like I said, it's just kind of building the divisions yeah. from there. And like uh, like I said, especially that division there, what's that? 55, 53? Yeah. But now that I, now that I think about it, I think, uh, you know how in one when they made their uh, weight cut change, like all the divisions, like the names changed, like, you know, featherweight yeah. is 70. So I guess straw, uh, Adam White probably is 115 yeah. with the way that they kind of just gave, like they this moved all the names <laughs> up a division. Yeah, so that's, that's one. Mm, okay, cool. So yeah, we had that fight. I'm um, going up the card there. So we had Superlek. Also, uh, in a uh, flyweight Muay Thai fight uh, versus uh, Rui uh, uh, Botello. Uh, Rui Botello. Botello. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's from Portugal. He's from Portugal. <laughs> from there, and pretty slick performance. Sweet performance by, by Super Lek. From that one, as you kind of expect from anyway, if you've watched him before. Um, <clears throat> from that, um, what was the main thing you saw from Super Lek that he was really kind of working in that fight? Um... Oh, super low. The kick game was awesome. Mm. Um, intercepted with some really nice elbows. And Rui's like, like really aggressive. Yeah. Like he had like that super like front foot performance against, um, it was Pampaya. I think Rui had to fight Pampaya as well. Yeah. Um, Doesn't get an easy run. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super like just caught him sweet. Kicks coming in. Um, the clinch work was awesome. A um, couple pretty sweet dumps. Mm-hmm. Super like just all over. But Super like was aggressive. Like he put his hands on him. Superlek's got, like, a really nice left cross. Yeah. Yeah, but just all over him, really. Mm-hmm. Like, not a laid-back, like, sleep performance. Like, super aggressive. Got in his face. Mm-hmm. I like this fight. Just hunting for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, going up just the fight just after that, and I think it's, like, the head of the pre... Uh, top of the prelims from there. Uh, so, we had uh, Sing Tong Nong uh, versus... Savage Michael, Michael Savage. Whatever order it is, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just reading as it's come from here. Um, damn, Michael Savage, like, basically, yeah... Did a number. Towards Sing Tong Nong. Like, the way he got his hands working awesome. Like, mm. he sets that, re- like, hook rear uppercut really nicely. Like, has Sing Tong leaning into stuff a lot. Mm-hmm. 
This was just like Michael Savasi's like crazy strong. Yeah. Like just he's, he's really uh, he seems really tall for that division, but it's flyweight as the well. Division. Yeah, and like he worked over like a couple like he's really kind of like um, catching the kick and like using the use of the little gloves, catch the kick, throwing away, working that liver shot. Yeah, that throwaway liver shot was unreal. That kind of sweep the kick across his body, mm-hmm. lever his shoulder through liver shot. Seemed to hurt Singtonoy a lot. The body work was unreal. Yeah, just great hands. Yeah, and just great, yeah, great hands, great composure from him as well from there because I. I I didn't look into it like how many fights he's actually had, but like you know, I imagine that like he's. It looks like he has the composure he has looks to be far more than the experience he actually has. Yeah, he's a young fella, young guy. Well. Yeah, but based out of Petching D full time and mm-hmm. yeah, unreal guy to watch. Yeah, so that was the prelims from there. And then we go up. So I actually watched a bit of this match as well. Was it Adrian Pang from there? Like, Eddie um, catches one. Yeah, one of the Australian like pioneers. Of like uh, <coughs> MMA versus uh, Kazuki uh, yeah, Kodomi. Kodomi. Yep. Um. Yeah. Like, like you know, Adrian Payne from there. Like, fuck, he looks jacked. Yeah, so jacked. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you can tell. Like, you know, he's jacked. But like, just uh, his movements look very wooden. Yeah. From there, like you know, if he, like he's feeling his pressure, pressure, he's just throwing like one twos down the center from there. And like, if you're going to stand in front of a fuck, you're going to get totaled. Mm. But, uh, cause he was like using like a lot of lateral movement from there, trying like, you know, go for the takedowns and that as well. Off of that. And, um, and I think I got to the second round. From there. Yeah. I got to the second round, but like, you know, Adrian Payne like started off strong and then towards the end, it was getting pinged up a bit. Yeah. Then got into the second round from there. And then, so he like, um, like nailed him with a shot. Um, just like an Adrian Pang went down, then basically just off the ground from there, just started um, working the elbows, cut him up from that, and I think I think it was a stop by cut eventually. Yeah. If I remember off the top of my head, that one. But like, uh, but yeah, like you know, Adrian Pang, like, like man, good on him, still cracking at this age, still still looking like you know like a like a Marvel superhero. Yeah, how old is he now? Oh, I have to check it up. I think he's like early forties. Early forties, at least. Yeah. At, around the forty mark. He's been around for ages, man. From that, and it's yeah. like, like I said, he's still cracking it. Yeah, nah, that's going to that take one to go. Yeah, that's right. Up. Like, yeah, I'm gonna say, if you're listening, Adrian, I'm sorry if I got your age wrong. <laughs> yeah, like I said, you look marvelous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a compliment. Yeah, that's it, man. <laughs> Fuck, I want to look like that one day. So, like, you know, just like a uh, like a, a Joe Rogan prototype. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, so we had that in the like the MMA one. Um, so going on top of that, so we had a super serious kickboxing one. I didn't watch this one, um, but it was Zhang Cheng Long versus Panikos Yusef. This was a shocker. Yeah, well, I think because I just see the decision now because I actually didn't watch it. And I didn't even hear the results, and I'm just seeing the decision now, and it's like, yeah, win for Zhang. No. Flat line with hierarchy. Yeah, yeah, just kind of. Uh, I slept on this one. Like I kind of glossed over it on the card. This was like. This was such a big card for Muay Thai and kickboxing that like I kind of forgot um, Panagos Yusuf was fighting, and then I just saw the highlight. And he just got cleaned up um, with a right head kick. Like, I would have thought it would have been from him. Yeah, no, yeah, it was quite. Uh, it, it was like that different, like this super loaded kind of like from like a, a lunge in the legs high kick, and just yeah. caught Panagos on the beat, knocked him down, and then Panagos did answer the count, and then um, fought him with the same thing. Yeah, still a little bit snug, and then just got dropped with another one. Man. Unreal, yeah. <laughs> well, because like, I didn't know much about um, Chen Long, but yeah, I do now. Yeah, like you made, you made a name for him. So. Like I said, like it's I slept on this fight a little bit, and I guess like when you don't really look into the match, you kind of just lean towards the person who's more famous, mm. the person that you know better. Then just to watch him kind of get starched. I was like, oh, okay. Mm. 
Well, like, the main thing I wanted to saw on this because I thought it was interesting because it was a kickboxing match and Paracos usually does the Muay Thai. Yeah, more of a Muay Thai style. Like, and, like, with China, like, really strong. Like, they always have a strong, like, kickboxing, like, uh, pedigree. And it's, like, from the sander background as well. So, like, I just want to feel like just usual Chinese, like, just storming in, like, you know, just throwing everything at the kitchen sink and maybe, like, maybe, like, the... The pressure might have got overwhelming from from Panikos if he couldn't tie up too much. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, surprising to see like you know kick. They played at the kick range and then just won out really. Yeah, that's like I guess that's a really interesting game plan. Like you know, basically playing his game. And, fire, fire with fire, sort of just. Hey, you know, you never know. It's, it's all good, it's all good when you're the one leading the dance in a certain like area. But then if they start coming back at you, sometimes you're just not used to it because yeah. most people are like trying to defend it more so than trying to play it against you. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Cool. So going from there, didn't really watch any anime, but we go into another flyweight. Flyweight's really huge in Muay Thai. <laughs> from there, so we had Ron Tang, Iron Man, the Tank, whatever you want to call him, uh, versus uh, Sokwai from Cambodia. And like, yeah, like what can you say? This like you know, Ron Tang just was like the Iron Man, just kept marching his boy down and just like low kicks. He rolled Sorry. over Sokti. He found a low kick early and just like started just like. Rod Tank's so deadly in those little gloves. Like, because, like, Sokti would kind of put up a double forearm guard. Rod Tank's just, like, laser accurate, just straight through the middle of the hands. Mm-hmm. Hook, cross, body, low kick, low kick, low kick, back <laughs> to the hands. Like, just that that beautiful low kicking tempo of, like, he'd just burst with a couple low kicks, wouldn't mind kicking. Mm-hmm. Um, but wouldn't mind kicking the shin just to kind of push it back to the floor, yeah. get that, and then just multiple knockdowns mm-hmm. off of low kicks. The, bo- the body work was stinging as well, though. Yeah. Like, he was starting to hurt just to the body as well, like, just to set that low kick on. that Dutch style mm-hmm. up to the, the liver and then down to the low kick. But, yeah, yeah like, Sock T was just, like, couldn't handle the pressure for a second. Just, like, wasn't even given, given a chance to set it any kind of rhythm. Yeah, just once Rod Tank got on the front foot, he just got to roll on straight away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just so hard. Once you kind of just already just damage off straight off the bat, it's just, you just kind of descend reeling. As well, like Rod Tank just doesn't know how to take a backward step. And he knew how to really use like his guard as well as his punches to just shift the weight back to the leg that he wanted to kick. It's like if they went arm to arm, Rod Tank had these really nice like kind of like he would just drive the weight through his shoulder, forearm to forearm, just to kind of push Sock T back onto that leg and then chop down onto it. Just good like guard play. Like just really comfortable in that like firing right up close range and just swarming and just not letting Sock T breathe. Hmm. Yeah. Unreal performance by Rod Tank. And then like afterwards, they're like, yeah, calling out for Josh Haggerty. Got to be done. Got to be done. Haggerty and Rod Tank to fight now. I like, so we were saying last week, I like that the guys have a platform to make people excited about more fights that are going to happen off of it. Like, Jonathan Haggerty wins the title, gets straight on and calls out Rod Tang, who happens to be fighting the next week. Yeah. <laughs> Rod Tang just rolls over Sock T mm-hmm. through a translator. Whether he or not even said this, who knows? Says, nah. I want to fight Haggerty. <laughs> Apparently, like, the announcer was saying, like, that uh, Chachi shot a thumbs up, so I guess that's on there. <laughs> like, he said, like, fucking Julius Caesar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you reckon, Chachi? Thumbs up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah boy. At the time, media, like, Rod Tang posted the next day a picture that, like, has been in the magazines in Thailand of like, like a, a cartoon of Rod Tang in a big Iron Man suit, yeah. and um, <laughs> this is why like Jonathan Haggerty is Captain America, and the <laughs> caption just says "I'll see you soon" in Thai. You got to hit translate, but like 
Haggerty's English. Yeah. <laughs> but like same. Manchester, isn't he? Yeah. Same, same, same. But it's yeah. just like as far as the like the time media is concerned, just like he's a white dude. That's it. Is and he plus, Yank? And then plus like, you know, it's like they, they seem to be just calling like, yeah, Rod Tang Iron Man now, so it's like look, we're gonna make this work no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> All right. So it's going up from there. So we had Arca. Yeah, this was a really interesting match, actually. So another flyweight, but this was the Kickboxing World Championship. So we'd had Petch Dan from Petch and D Academy, uh, this uh, Elias Mahmoudi uh, from Algeria, and like this was really, really interesting fight. Like it was, it's like it was really competitive from there, and like it, it's unfortunate how it ended though. Yeah. But like, um, but like make a comment as well. Like you know, with these kind of kickboxing matches, with these two guys like really known for their Muay Thai, like. My moody straight off the bat, twenty seconds in frozen elbow. <laughs> this was a plunder as well because, and then gets like a yellow card straight after. Yeah, <laughs> he threw the elbow, and then you can hear um, Pesh Dumb's corner going elbow, elbow, and the ref like maybe forgot he was, like the ref wasn't going to pull it up either. Yeah. Like the ref had to be reminded by the because fighters in the corners that there was no elbows, and then yeah, it was so deliberate. Like it wasn't like a like he came out, marked the hand, stripped, and threw an elbow. That like yeah, yeah, a boy Elias <laughs> came through with the red, the yellow card straight away. Yeah, and like you know when we had him before, he's like he's he's only done it once before. Yeah, but it's like, it's like he he did say as well, like just like an outright deliberate foul, you have to yellow card. Yeah. But like this is yeah, like you said, two tie boxers. Fighting for a kickboxing title for reasons unknown. Mm. Like, and I also, like, I mean, I imagine the reason for it is that Peshtam, they've really been pumping um, the marketing for it's the same weight class as Jonathan Agony and Sam A, which was a week before. Yeah. And they just wanted to slap a belt on Peshtam. Yeah, John. So they just go out of the kickboxing rules. Yeah. Um, but like I said, so yeah, so this was done in the little gloves as well. And that, but like, um, yeah, the fight was really good. It's like, you know, it's like, it's like, this is the most trouble I've ever seen Pechstein ever in. Yeah, Pechstein really didn't really know what to do with, like, the range. Mm. And just, like, the, just, the, like, that, that, the, the way that Mahmoudi would use his frame to lever punches from these really funny angles. Yeah. And, like, yeah, I think if he, like, and he can wind, like, a high kick up from anywhere as well. Mm. Like, yeah, Pechstein, it was definitely not someone that, that Pechstein could get away with just firing that leg kick, over, uh, that uh, left kick over and over again and just, like... Mahmoudi's kind of like swarming style, doesn't give respect to the power of the left kick, but also kind of smothers it as it comes out. Like, mm. Petschamp's just trying to fire those massively loaded left kicks and, like, he's losing his footing on just, like, Mahmoudi swarming forward. So he has to kind of click through his gears a little bit more and think beyond just firing off the left kick. But yeah. It's like, um, and so when this fight went down, I think it went fourth round. Fourth, yeah. Yeah, and then, like, um, then Mahmoudi just copped a huge... Nut shot, yeah, and that was it. That's it. It's like then basically once it goes in, in those rules, I think it goes past the third round. Then if, if it goes past the third round, then like any kind of foul and things like that or accidental foul it goes to the scorecard. Yeah. yeah. In the end, it was like seen as yeah, Petchnam got the but win. Technical, technical decision, win, yeah. yeah. Technical decision. And like, How? Mm, not really yeah, sure. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, I didn't feel it was that clear, really. But also, like when you looked at there's only four rounds. Like I don't like so that means Petchnam had to win. Three of the four. Yeah. Um, I don't see that. No, I didn't think so either. No. Yeah, I, I don't really get this. Like, and then people are going, oh, they've got to do a rematch. It's like, well, let's do full tie rules. Like, they're both mm. 
like they're coming out slinging elbows. Yeah. Like, just, like, <laughs> this is a weird thing. Elbows about, like, and they were like fully grabbing as well. And, like, yeah. You know, and like trying to dump a knee as well. Like knee the guy. It's it's like you often see tie boxers in kickboxing fights where you can see that the way they would like to fight is restricted. But when you see two tie boxers fighting kickboxing where it feels like both would prefer to be fighting full tie rules, mm. it just seems bizarre. Yeah. But that's a weird thing about one doing the Super Series where you've got kickboxing and Muay Thai. Mm. Like, it almost would have made more sense to focus on one, yeah. one style, but... I don't know. I think sometimes as well, I think one really just likes the idea of having champions across multiple things. Yeah. From there. But, hey, you know, it's like, uh, do it again, yep. And the Muay Thai rules, yeah, I think that's like, you know, I think that's suitable from there. But, like, same thing, maybe the same thing, it's like, it's all about... Man, we're going to slap a belt in this shit. Yeah. <laughs> all the time. Mm. There's always going to be a belt in it. It's like, yeah, don't fall in the fucking UFC trap. doesn't yeah. need a belt all the time. Just, it's just <clears> a good fight. Yeah. Or it's just like, there's already a champion in that weight class and he's busy. Cool. It'll be a Sander fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do a shoot boxing. That's it. X arm fight. X arm. <laughs> 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 all right. So the headline of this card was a Bantamweight uh, World Thai, uh, Muay Thai World Championship title. So we had Nongo. The champion uh, versus uh, Haroki? Haroki? He's more pronounced like Haroki. Haroki, yeah. That's so cool. Um, Suzuki, and like, really, fuck. Like, this Not is much the, to say. This is the this art much. of eight limbs, and Nongo no, needed one. <laughs> one limb is like that fucking kick. Yeah, like, I watched Nongo fight a lot. Like, um, Nongo is like a really fun guy to kind of try to like unpack his fights and break down. And there are little setups and things to look at here, but like, there's not really too much to say beyond like the timing of that right kick was just too good. He didn't have to move to anything else. He just right kicked and right kicked and right kicked. Oh, but like you know, like Suzuki's arm, man, it was twice the size of the arm. Yeah, that was like filthy fight. accurate over the arm, like to the the, the kind of like lat lat. Area. Yeah, yeah, I actually just, saw this fight. He's, his left lat looked like mince meat, yeah, and it just makes as well as like you know, if you're one of those dickheads that believe like you know blocking with your arm is a legitimate defense, you're gonna fucking <laughs> check. <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. It's like, yeah, but like, it just shows as well, like you know, the, the scoring, like you know, it's like. And then it's visible damage. He's like he's he was trying to arm block, but then then the arm became a target. Yeah, and yeah. it just turned bright red. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like um yeah, and like you know, there really wasn't much Suzuki could have done. Yeah, it was just kind of. It just got to the point where it just there's it's like you know that arm's just kind of useless. Was like, Nongo sitting sitting him like teeping a lot to his leg? Is that what he was doing? That was a little bit of that, but like for the most part, he just had that timing where like he knew where he needed to be to fire off that right kick, and like any time like. It wasn't even like he was countering Suzuki's attacks. It was just as soon as he just like could feel Suzuki was just at legs length. Just put, too quick on my Yeah, legs. too mm. quick with it. And like every now and then he would just kind of fire the hip forward as though he was kicking and then sort of just throw the right hand. But it, even then it wasn't really like a right hand. It was like show the hip, push forward with the right hand and then just a little distraction, a little space maker and then fire the right kick again. Mm. Like there was no, I don't think he threw another strike in his fight that was legitimately too damaged. Nah. Right kick, right kick, right kick. The occasional peppering right hand, yeah, the odd teeth, things like that, but mm-hmm. right kick over and over again. Yeah. Like I said, like, yeah, not really much to say about the fight, but like, it's just the fight where you just say, like, um, it just shows that really, like, you don't need a diverse skill set sometimes. If you just got a really good weapon and, like, the other guy isn't adjusting to do it, then you just kind of just use it. It's working, just use it relentlessly. Yeah, that's what I say a lot, like, in kind of teaching classes and stuff as well. It's a big difference. Like, you can see with someone who has the experience of like a champion tire like Nongo versus what we see in 
more common combat sports where there's just like less, uh, less of a educated eye, like just less like advanced striking is like a lot of time we watch Westerners fight or maybe we watch like striking in MMA and things like that. People move through techniques for the sake of like, if you're doing something really well, it's like, okay, that's working. Now I'm going to do something else. Like you just kind of like build off of it. It's like, you see this a lot, like when you ever, you go to a local show in any combat sport that involves like stand up fighting, it's like, all right, I'm really smashing this guy with like, you know, my one, two Loki. Like now I'm going to throw a spinning elbow. And it's like, you don't have to. Like, <laughs> it's like we have like an idea in more like, I guess this is like more of a Western ideal is that it's like if one thing's working really well, you don't just use that for the whole fight because like that's boring <laughs> or something like that. Like it's kind of like once you start to use something a lot like over and over again, that's the time to move on. But like ties are just so like seasoned that they don't do things for the sake of doing them. It's a no wasted motion or just like, the clearest, easiest path to victory. If you can't get past his right kick, if you don't make me come up with something else, I will not. Yeah. I, I can't remember, like, there's some stats on the kicks there. I can't remember. It was, like, it was an insane amount, like, in terms of the kicks per round he was throwing as well. I think it was, like, 170-something landed kicks. Fuck. That's a lot of kicks, man. And it's like I said before, like, you know, like, teach class, like, imagine, like a good kick is, like, Imagine a baseball bat swung as hard as you can yeah. in your leg and your ribs or your arms. From there. So imagine, like you know, imagine just taking like a hundred, like seventy-six baseball bat swings <laughs> to your arm. <laughs> it's just like oh, fair play to goodness. Suzuki. Yeah, he's a like tough. he hung in there. Yeah, he's tough. Out. He's got that Japanese bushito. <laughs> yeah, he has a bushido for sure. He's uh, sleeping on his right hand side this week, though. That's it. He's just got to switch to the Phantom, mate. Just like. <laughs> All right, so that was the the Warriors light card from there, uh, and then what also happened on the weekend, the day after, or maybe a couple of days afterwards, from there was uh, UFC two thirty seven, uh, Rose Nagunumes versus J- uh, Jessica Andrade, and that one, and it was an interesting card altogether. Like not a great night for Brazilians <laughs> overall, you say so. Like you know, really like um, Ryan Spann. Knocked the fuck out of Antonio Nogueira yeah. from there. Um, yeah, Beth Cahira, she lost as well. I guess like as a Mexican girl. That fight sucked though. And yeah, she missed weight by a lot too. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's fine. But that was a belly down armbar she won by as well. I didn't see. I didn't see a lot of these matches from there. Only kind of towards the top. So like another one there, Thiago Alves, he lost. Um, and then, okay, we're getting to the ones that we really care about. <laughs> so, Alexander Volkanovsky, he, he, he won against Jose Aldo yeah. from there. Um, did anyone watch this fight in, in full? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I, like, I didn't really, I only got some of the highlights, but I didn't watch it as well. So, how did, how did it look going down? It looked like Aldo was being a bit tentative. He wasn't pushing forward really hard, like he, that aggression like you normally see. Mm. It looked, like one of the commentators said, he looked like he was um, fighting not to lose. Yeah, which is, which is unusual. Worst way to fight. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, he was on the back foot a lot, and, and um, Volkanovski was just pressing and pressing him into the fence a lot, um, and volume, lots of volume there. Yeah. Well, I, I think like one of the stats, uh, like well, they were saying, like this is like the most, like except for the Max Holloway fight, where he's got the most significant strikes landed against him in a fight for this one, like uh, for for Aldo. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like, how did how did uh, Volkanovski actually look in this fight? Uh, really sharp and really aggressive. 
and like hungry, like yeah, he was going in there. He wasn't fucking around. Mm. <laughs> he wasn't there to fuck spiders. <laughs> he, was there to, he was there to win the fight, and that's what he did. <laughs> yeah, so like yeah, the great, uh, the great Alexander. So it's like topples Jose Aldo, and really this sets him up for a match for like Max Holloway. You reckon for the featherweight title? Well, it would yeah. if they yeah. this week just decide they're going to do Frankie Edgar versus. Max Holloway. Oh, did they? Yeah, they made the fight this week. Yeah, that oh, fight's on. Edgar? Jesus. Yeah, it's on. I thought they were oh. going to give him to Alexander. Why? Yeah, but uh, why? Don't know. Yeah. Uh, but also, like, um, you see Volkanovski's got a blood infection. Uh, in Chile, he got Yeah, he's sick. in Chile in the yeah. hospital. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. They had to hospitalize him. I think, yeah, because I, I, like, I didn't know about that fight. That changes. Yeah, that's on. But, like, uh, oh, okay. and then another fight I think they saw they made as well was, like, Brian Ortega versus the beat. Good fight. That's a good fight. Yes, and that, and that, but then again, that, like, because like that's a, I guess it's the thing with these kind of really stacked divisions as well. Like, then like someone like Alexander goes, "Well, the fuck are you gonna do with me?" I just don't understand. I I I think the Frankie fight is just like I think almost a, like a fave, not like a like just I think like that's a, a terrible match for Frankie. Not a good match for Frankie. Yeah, yeah, but maybe like you like you know, saying like a fave like. Get one more shot. Yeah, you can have one more. Give old like, man Edgar the shot, man. <laughs> what like, it feels like to me. Was it? Was it? They say the co-main event, like you know, sometimes like old man Frankie Edgar has to get off the chair, unfold his paper, put the pipe down, goes, hey, "Go do this shit again." <laughs> <laughs> Go hand him ass whooping out. But this fight yeah. just doesn't make any sense. The mm. Frankie fight, like I love Frankie, but coming off a knockout loss to Brian Ortega. No, no, he's coming off a win over Cub Swanson. Cubs, uh, yeah, yeah, that's not really like. Like, mm. if you're looking, his win against Cops once and against, like, um, an informed, like, oh, like well, back informed Jose Aldo win for Alexander, like, you go, I think... There, there is not a bigger wins. win you could get than Aldo where he's at now. Off a couple, like, prospect-killing wins. Yeah. Carmen Reem ranked at number one. Mm-hmm. Um, Volkanovski usurped his number one ranking with this. Yeah. In the official sure. ranks. I was surprised Aldo fought the way he did. After coming off those two wins, I thought he would have been just coming out way more And aggressive. in Brazil as well. And in Brazil, think, yeah. yeah. Maybe he's, yeah. Maybe his pressure's got to him. Like, you know, he's going to that stage. It's like, he's just mounting up too much. Like, well, it's like, it was like he was doing it for fun again for a couple of fights. Like, fucking this dude's up. It's like, man, if I win this one, they're probably going to put me in a title fight. <laughs> I don't want like, that. It's like, I guess I don't want a five rounder. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, hey, you got any of those modern MMA titles running around? <laughs> Um, but yeah, I heard as well, like Jose Aldis after the fight said, it's like, you know, I never fought, this is the worst I ever fought. Yeah. As well as yeah. I could just go, I got no, no excuse. I just go, this is the worst I ever fought. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, that's interesting. But like, yeah. Uh, but then again, like if Alexander's got this blood problem that he's in another country about, good luck to him. Hope he goes okay. Like, you know, and, um, gets a little bit of rest and hopefully after, Edgar versus Holloway if it goes through because you never know so like Frankie Egan might need to pull out yeah. get injured in that like um, hopefully he's the next one in line well my other thought on the um, Edgar one is like is it a kind of a bad look to have a champion coming off a loss so mm. do they want to kind of just prop Max back up before he fights like, a, like a legitimately interesting contender like Volkanovski mm. but I think it's one of those ones as well like you'd, you'd think like nowadays 
most people would be somewhat educated. Like, you know, he had like an absolute banger of a fight yeah. with Dustin uh, Poirier upper division. Upper weight class, And yeah. like, you know, that's like, fuck, that doesn't drop your stock. No. No. It's like, but like, then again, I could get a lot of people like, you know, fucking filthy casuals coming, <laughs> coming around, just going, going like, well, he, he lost his Poirier, you know? It's, yeah. like, uh, it's like, oh man, shut up. They should have stripped him. That's it. <laughs> it's like, Poirier should have the title as well. <laughs> or just make it vacant. <laughs> he vacated it. Yeah. But uh, fair enough. We'll see how it goes. But you can't say like 145 isn't a stack. Stack, of course, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so above that, so uh, interesting enough, this was the current main event though. Like I thought like oh, it would have been the current main event, but that's okay. But then again, like they, I don't know, there's a free rounder as well. So you had Anderson Silva versus uh, Jared Kearney. Um Ended in the first round. Like, uh, like Kennedy like was doing the right work in terms, he, he looked good. Like he was like you know he he was throwing a lot of feints at like Silva backing him up, really working the low kicks as well, and like um Anderson Silva just refuses to check. Maybe he's worried about fucking snapping his shin again. Like yeah. From there, but like he just didn't want to check any of the kicks from there, and then it resulted in a knee injury. Uh, a lot of like a lot of people just go like oh it's like a shame that ended an injury like nah. But it's like saying it's like that's like saying I'm punching you, me you knocking I'm knock, knock I knock you out, like you know it's like. Yeah, I, I was doing the damage. I was like, this was my goal, was yeah. to hurt you. <laughs> like, it's a shame he fell asleep after he got hit with that right hand. Yeah. It would have been cool if, <laughs> yeah. fight, if we could have seen the fight play out. So what was the argument? He, it was just an unfortunate injury. People were saying, like, yeah, it was just kind of like one of these, like, freak incidents. Like, just like a whack, twisted his knee kind of injury. No, but that's like, bullshit. And his silver apologies. No, he had that. He had, <laughs> no, no. He had it chopped out, that knee. Yeah, that was just... And he had a sweat, man. That was, yeah, good. clear as day. And like, you know... um, I think they're talking about Jaron Kennedy versus Derek Brunson. So maybe like now Jaron Kennedy might be someone to build. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't see why not. Like he literally looks, he looks the part. Yeah. Like he's a pretty big dude for that division. There. Yeah, he's jacked. Yeah. Because like he originally was a light heavyweight as well. Um, but like, yeah, like he, he seemed pretty composed. He was like in like a lot of the game plan, like as you hear like a lot of other podcasts, like uh, well, analysts podcasts talk about like you got to throw feints with Anderson from there. And like, cause like he's just like solid counter puncher, or counter counter attacker. But if you're kind of feigning at him, you want to try and make him bite on the feint and yeah. then catch him. And he was doing the right things with that and working that low kick. It's good. Uh, so now let's go to the main event. Um, so it was a straw a strawweight title fight with the champ Rose uh, Nagunumis uh, versus Jessica Andrade. And this one went two rounds. And I think um, a lot of people like when we we're saying from here was. Who's the pick? Who picked Rose last week? I picked Rose. You picked Rose. Yeah, yeah. Week. And like, yeah, I picked Andrade. You picked Andrade. I'm pretty sure I picked Andrade. Yeah, but like, I don't know, remember that. But like, going like in the first round, of it, like you know, I was going, ah, oh, I made a mistake here. I should have picked Andrade. Yeah. <laughs> she was getting like she was getting towed up. She was getting she got knocked down as well. Like you know, um, like Rose, like her style, like a, a lot of movement, but like really like, kind of like sniping shots. Yeah. Like, like she cracks, she cracks. Yeah. Like some power into, and like into a one-twos and into a, a backhand, just mainly boxes from there. And like, and drives really, because a lot of time, doesn't employ any head movement like that, was just trying to, they're just trying to walk Rose down a lot of times to get in close. And because her game plan, as you could see, was work the leg kick and work the body, which was working after a while. Because like, you know, and towards the end of the round, Rose's leg was getting pretty beat up and she was changing stance. But, before that, though, she was eating a lot of shots. Yeah. yeah. Her and, face was way more messed up. Yeah. Like, in yeah. the first, like, two punches, I think she sustained that cutter, like, on her eyelid. 
got wobbled and then like pretty much dropped as yeah. well mm. in there. And I get into Jessica and Josh, she's a fucking beast. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, you know, she's like just step walking through it. Um, and, and then what led towards the end there, we started to see like Andrade's like starting to go for the takedowns and Rose's uh, response was to actually get that kind of Kimura lockup. Yeah. And she was pretty close at times. And I give it to Andrade again. She just basically just muscled her way out of like a, like one Kimura attempt that was pretty much behind her back. Yeah, close to an armbar finish from mm-hmm. underneath. It was impressive. It was a good, it was Kimura trap. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, her head was in the inside, um, which is how she got underneath her for the armbar attempt. Yeah. And, like, we've seen it from Andrade before, like in fights where, like, girls are getting on top of it. And she has this little move where she kind of just rolls them off. And she's like, she's just like, she's like a little ant. <laughs> like, you know, it doesn't matter, like, she just picks people up and just rolls them off all the time from there. And we saw this happen. It was always, like, one was close to a submission, though, from that one. Mm. And then in the second round from there, we saw, her, like, kind of just Rose held, probably held onto the Kimura too long and uh, didn't roll, end up rolling underneath her when, like, like uh, when Jessica was, like, basically slamming her from that one and just landed square on her head and Oof. fucking got knocked out. That was b- brutal to watch. It's end game. So that kind of goes into now, like, so like we did like a Instagram ask questions from there. And one of the questions was, um, it was only half because you can only write so much in the question box, but I'm pretty sure it was related to this one. It was, it was asked by Yolanda Schmidt. He's saying like in, in rugby, in like uh, in rugby, you're not allowed to lift people up and basically spike them. Yeah. And from there, so like, I think it's more so like, so why is it, why is MMA allowed to do it? It's not kind of really allowed to do it because, like, I think we looked in the rules, like, you know, like the terms, like, called pile driving. Yeah. From mm. there. But what is a pile driver? It's like, you know, it's a straight up and down action. Yeah. A pile driver is, like, a, to my understanding, like, from what I've been reading, like, a, a super, like, deliberate movement. Like, you've got to, like, drop mm. someone, like, straight down on the head. Like, like. You're actually spiking them on the top of their head. Yeah. Like, yeah. so it's almost like if you don't want it to be legal spikes onto the head like you kind of got to change the terminology from pile driver because like you're not really going to pile driver someone by accident like you're going to turn them like yeah feet above head and then just like it's a deliberate action. yeah like you, you yeah. are pile driving someone because you wanted to hit the pile driver mm-hmm. you're undertake fan yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> that's you get that tombstone cranking um but, like, yeah, I guess this fight in particular, like, when I look, I go, fuck, man, that was full on. And, like, you know, especially when you do, like, pile drive, things like that, or, like, even in that position, if it turned around a bit more and, like, you really land on your neck, yeah, you can fucking become a quadriplegic. Yeah. From it. But as well, like, it's, it's like, you know, we hear, hear about us before, like, um, like, DC said it, like, Daniel Cormier, so he goes, I get in this, like, I do this pretty much to every opponent in my fight. But most of the time they roll underneath to yeah. avoid it. Um, Rose was just hunting for the submission, and then, like you get submission happy where you go, I think I fucking got this, and you just yeah. don't let go of it. But to your own detriment, yeah, yeah, you slam. She said in in the in the post fight presser that she got complacent and lazy, mm. and she she said, yeah, I really should have tried something else. You know, going to the same well twice yeah. wasn't a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, I guess that goes into that. I guess into like a lot of people talking about did another poll was like, you know, like, is this like, you know, slamming legit technique that should be used or is it too dangerous? And I think it got split down the middle in the end. A lot of people think it's too dangerous. It's dangerous. And like, you know, eh, all right. I was like, I keep going back and forth on it. Okay. I can see like from really like one day, if it kind of like goes like that, someone gets really fucked up and then there'll be a rule change. Yeah. Um, I know one doesn't allow it now, but they, ret- and they also retroactive, anyone that won from it as well 
Yeah. <laughs> Which is strange. Yeah. Okay. okay, I don't think you can do that. I don't think that's right. I think yeah. they only actually flipped one fight's result. Yeah. It was like that uh, Christian Lee fight. Yeah. I think was the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't know. I just keep flipping that. What do you guys reckon on? Uh, personally, I think deliberately dropping someone on their head shouldn't be allowed. I mean, I can't, I can't get around it. It's just like the day someone loses the ability to walk or, or worse is the day the sport's going to come under so much scrutiny and it's not going to be good. And imagine the lawsuits and all the rest of it. Um, I, think, I, think, I think the risk is not worth the reward in terms of like a fight. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I think they've got to draw the line somewhere. Like in that case, yeah, I don't know. She, didn't, she, didn't, she landed on her neck for sure, but it wasn't enough to do any permanent damage. But the day someone can't walk out of that cage... Forget it. This shit will hit the fan in a major way. How about you here? I don't know. Like, when... Like, because when this one happened, when I was watching it, because I was kind of watching it after, like, I saw the video and, like, what came across... Like, the thought didn't cross my mind. Like, shit, that's not legal. Like, it looked kind of like fair play to me. Um, I think, like, I understand the argument of, like, like the the uh, you know risk of paralyzing someone and things like that, but it really does still kind of feel like like I think you can look a little bit closer at the legality of some slams versus others, mm. like to come up with something a little bit smarter than just using the term like the pile driver is illegal, because like like we said, like what really in practice constitutes a pile driver, like it's a bit difficult to say, but. It still does sort of feel like a chance occurrence to me. Like, it's not like you're seeing someone on every event with a close call yeah. with, with with a slam. So, and, and the other thing that, like, I think it was Mark Goddard was breaking down the legality of this on his Twitter where he said, like, in the event that someone's holding a submission, the slam is generally always going to be legal because it, the person holding the submission has the option of letting go. So I think that's, like, the important consideration that, like, at any time, in a situation such as the one we saw on the weekend, the person holding can relinquish their submission and then choose to not get slammed. So it's kind of just like, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. It's yeah. a bit it's a bit different. A slam, we've seen plenty of people get knocked out with slams, like holding onto triangles and things like yeah. that. But it's a bit different when you're getting picked up and you pretty much hold upside down and your head is landing first yeah. into the ground compared to your, your back hitting the canvas first and your head snapping onto the ground. Which which is like you know it's going to cause a knockout as well, but it's not necessarily you're going to break your neck or break your spine. Yeah, another take I heard as well is like basically because it's match because it was a girl match, and then everyone pretty much consistently uh, likes Rose. Yeah. Did we cry when Ben Askren got fucking slammed on his head by, <laughs> by Robbie Lawler? Hey, nobody no. cried when Rampage slammed Ryan Bader that time. That yeah, was hideous. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's what I mean. True. Like, is it because of a girl thing? Is it almost a worldwide Yeah, I definitely think there's there? an element of that. that. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, if this was a guys match, would anyone say anything too much? I don't think so, to be honest. Mm, mm. Probably not as much. Yeah. But, like, I always, it doesn't matter what, whether I'm watching jiu-jitsu, judo, MMA, mm-hmm. whenever I see someone land on their head like that, yeah. it just makes me fucking cringe. <laughs> It's yeah. like I see that one. I go, it's awful. But then I see some like the power bomb ones, and I, that just that I, that I go, oh man, like that that disturbs me more than the than yeah. The Rose I, one. I do think we look at we view it through a different lens with the mm. girls, and especially someone like Rose. She's kind of like a 
almost like kind of like a fragile kind of character, mm. which is stupid because like she's tough as. Yeah. But like they're just like parts of the way she's sort of been portrayed like, is, uh, you know, somewhat fragile, like especially like after like the bus incident and things like mm-hmm. that. And just like a generally kind of like anxious personality people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe just view her in that sort of sympathetic, sympathetic light or like mm-hmm. baby her a little bit. <laughs> which is like, yeah, maybe so. That's it. And it was really interesting. I guess like the aftermath of this fight for me, like, you know, Rose afterwards is saying like, wow, this is like, it's like, it's almost good. It's a huge weight lifted off my shoulders mm-hmm. from here. It's like, you know, you're going to fight again. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, maybe not. I really like yeah. her honesty in this. She's like, ah, I may not fight again. Yeah. I don't know if it's fun anymore. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it didn't look fun. Yeah, like, um, <laughs> and she's like, yeah, she should be on record to say, like, as well, like, you know, it's like, I'm only in this for long enough so I can buy a farm and fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. It's like, so I just want to grow my own plants and shit and just be like, you know, be out with Pat and that. She paid off her house on this fight, she said that. Well, there you go. Yeah. And, that, and, and it's funny, like, just the mice of some people, like, you know, some like Rose that can be pretty much one foot always out of the game. Like she's like she'd say like you know I don't leave it anytime I don't give a shit from there and still be at the highest level of the sport. Same thing as like the Diaz brothers. Yeah, I just think they generally just do not like fighting. But yeah. like you know, damn, you know I can't sing or dance. So like, I'm, I'm sure I heard one of them say because they do triathlons mm. in their spare time. I'm sure I heard one of them. I think it was Nate. Was, you know I can't remember which one, but he okay. said if I got paid to do this as much as I do to fight, I would just do triathlons. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's just interesting. Like, there's so many different mindsets across like combat sports, yeah. and there keeps people like in the game or not in the game for that. So that was that card from there, and after that answers the question a little bit for Yolanda that asked for about the the slam. Um, but like, yeah, I guess it's it's more so at the end of the day from there. It's like maybe it's just gonna take one day. Someone breaks it. Okay, okay. We're going to review this. Yeah, it's usually right. the case how most reviews go. Like, someone yeah. is fucked up, and then they go, okay, I guess we have to review this now. Yeah, I, I just don't want to see it get to that point. I don't want to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, cool. So, going off from that, uh, so now another quick little recap from there before we do like more so little breakdowns coming up into like a stack card uh, coming up in the cup in pretty much less than 24 hours. But like, um, there was also Bellator as well, Bellator 221. Uh, and then, like, Bellator's like still it's it's going and getting like a pretty impressive roster. Yeah. Um, except for the first fight I'm going to talk about, Jake Hagar versus JT J- uh, Jones. Yeah, it's just stupid. Yeah, if you <laughs> if you saw this fight from there, like you know Jake Hagar, like um, former WWE wrestler, I think Jack Swagger. Jack Swagger, yeah. From there, like Jack, <laughs> absolutely man. monster of a man, and then TJ Jones looked like he just came straight out of a bar. Dude's got five kids. Yeah. <laughs> I like it's like JK got like in or the six maybe in the in the way in like oh like press conference yeah, just full suited up to the nines. TJ Jones comes out backward cap, flano, <laughs> just giving everyone the thumbs up. <laughs> he was just happy to be there. He's just yeah, I'm just happy to be there. And then um and then the fight went like basically I think two minutes and like JK got a couple of takedowns and just went straight to an arm triangle choke from that one. Mm. Just some people have said he held maybe a little bit too long. Oh he held it like Ages too long. <laughs> <laughs> I think when I'm record saying because I you know I was just wanted the ref to get him off me just to make sure we went down. But like um interesting a note as well from here, like, you know, being I think this is why Scott Coke got a lot of these WWE wrestlers kinda of coming onto here because like basically if comes off as a dick and like you know he's got a, he, he does he does. Um He does, yeah, he's really annoying. I think I heard the po- um co-main event 
podcast where he has, he has the haircut of, of an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, he just looks like an asshole. And then, like, you know, when everyone's burning, he's like, he just starts playing it. He starts turning into the heel role. And it had to yeah. be the heel, yeah. And he just goes, oh, I can work with this. Cool. Instead of, like, you know, stop burning me. Yeah. <laughs> Love Please me. like me. Love me. <laughs> Not fair. No, he just played with it. So, I guess, like, you can turn around and, like, people will just want to fight him now. <laughs> off the bat make some good matches make some money um, but going up the card there so we had uh, Douglas Lima versus Michael Venom Page uh, this was meant to be a 5 by 5 round for me, and I think it was, it was part of a tournament yeah it's so part I'm, of that welterweight tournament yeah. that Rory for Fitching last week semi-finals the other week. yeah semis semi-finals um, I didn't really see I only saw like the highlight ending of this fight I didn't watch like the first couple of rounds did anyone I saw the whole know? thing yeah, yeah. Um, Lima just played the right game. Lima was very patient in this fight, which I think, like, someone like, um, Michael Venom Page, who's like, the way he was kind of like hopping around in front of Lima. Lima played the right game, did the right thing they have to do against that blitzing point finding style. He's not react to it. Because what you find with, um, MVP is that where he gets his knockout is he comes in blitzing, just feeling with these weird hand combinations and things. And it's when someone comes up for a counter, comes like reacts, steps back for what he's doing. That's when the knockout comes. That's when when they kind of change the level, maybe to take him down. When they kind of try to fire over what he's doing, when they're trying to like pull back to counter, that's when he comes in with his work. And it's when you watch like um, Lima kept his guards super tight, his stance really square, and then just kind of spent the whole first round sort of just feeling Lima out and just letting him run around, run around him. And you'll watch like, Lima tries to burst and get his combination when he's working in the first round. And you can watch him just go over the top of Lima because he doesn't move back and give him that space. So, like, when Lima bursts in, he's trying to throw shots. He's firing, like, over the top of Lima's head because yeah. Lima's just happy to just, like, keep himself tucked in, just let him roll over and then just try to pick counters. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, spent that whole first round kind of just having a look. And then you can see that he's starting to think leg kick as um, Lima stepped in. It only literally took one. Yeah. Like, he does that kind of, like, Ultra committed, like sweeping leg kicks, so he just takes um, MVP's leg out. Was well, like they, they they spent like the end of the first round, uh, like um, Lima just ended up on top, and like MVP was just so committed to doing nothing, like just controlling wrists, and then just like he was kind of just stalling out like a minute and a half, two minutes of the round, like there was just nothing going on there. And then yeah, that second round is just like once Lima starts thinking low kick, he just takes. Um, MVP's leg out but just wasn't wasting any time just sweeps Lima like uh, MVP to the floor with the leg kick and then just follows like a bolo punch while like and you can see like MVP was like kind of trying to just reset himself as he gets like dumped out with that leg kick but then he just gets flattened with like a shovel uppercut sort of yeah. like yeah. from standing to the floor like Lima doesn't even chase him to the ground just swings it from standing and just flattens him mm-hmm. Yeah, that's sweet true. finish yeah, if you ever saw, if you ever played Street Fighter and played Sagat, it's like hit the tiger uppercut. Tiger uppercut. Yeah, <laughs> just fucking nailed it. It was pretty much that same finish as well. Like, oh, 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 <laughs> But um, but yeah, I saw that ending as well. Like as soon as he swept leg, he's like, everything couldn't do anything. It's yeah. like he he was just he just had as soon as his hand hits the ground to do something, his his face was just getting smashed in. Yeah, that one. And like yeah, and then I'm pretty sure like a lot of people. Like to see see that one. They probably a lot of people like posting goes yeah, long time coming. Ooh, check this out. So I had knocked out from there. and like you know, it's like, yeah, fair enough, I guess. But then like MVP like in the like I know a lot of people hate him and like it's pretty understandably super annoying. Mm. But like he took it in his stride hundred percent in this. Like he was like yeah, I, 
yeah, he was super like honest in his. Mm. Yeah, I like it. I like to see that from someone like MVP who has such a weird style, and he's talking about like, yeah, I know, like there's a lot of changes I can make to make my style safer, but like I'm really trying to play with it and, and, and develop my own style, which is like, and then like he's okay, he, man. He's like he's definitely the guy that goes like you know it's like. I'm not really here to play it safe. Yeah. He was like, yeah, that's basically pain, what he you know, said, so. which I can understand. And like, it's worked for him so far. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. Well, I get it. So, well, so, it's like, you know, yeah, it works to a certain point, but yeah, man, just go on from there. And he's always going to struggle with someone who can pick a good low kick. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think he's really been matched with like a seasoned low kicker with yeah. good reason. So like, this is what happens. There it goes. <laughs> All right. So, and then the main event here, we had uh, Patricio Pitbull from there. Um, Oh, it's funny, it just says Pitbull here, but has he changed his name? That's like I'm, I'm pretty sure every Brazilian's named Pitbull, though. <laughs> well, him and his brother are yeah. both Pitbull. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, you got Patricio Patricio. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, but he's coming up in weight, wasn't he? He was the featherweight champ, yeah. 145, versus the the current like 155 champ for Bellator, Michael Chandler, and it just went one minute. Like you know, this was surprising to me. Mm. Didn't see this coming. No, this is like this is almost like you know how Henry Sudo versus TJ Dillashaw, like the, sh- the small man comes up and just fucking annihilates the bigger dude. Yeah, just catches him sleeping in the first round as well in the first minute. Um, Bit of an early stoppage, you could say, and definitely like the last shot was to the back of the head, like clean. <laughs> <laughs> like the first shot, like you know, Michael was, you know, like was just turned a bit and just clipped him like behind the ear and head, yeah. and like hey man, it's like if you're turning while he's hitting, like you know. Like, fuck, it just hits you in the spot from there. It's, yeah. like, it's one of those ones that you don't see that really rattles you. And that's why, you know, you're not allowed to hit behind the ear anyway in general because, fuck, man, it just really rattles you. But, hey, if you're doing it while he's punching, that, that's on you. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, they just hit the ground and, like, just basically just tailing him up. And and the ref came in the stop and, like, Chandler gets up a bigger gets up and then Patricia hits him again. Like, you know, I've got the rest between him, knocks him down again. And like, yeah, maybe. Yeah. It's like, it's like, yeah, you know, I think he's kind of on his way out. But it's one of those ones as well. Like, you know, I always lean towards the side. Of like, if you champ, you get a little bit of time. Yeah. Like, you know, to get like, yeah, give him the respect. Like, yeah, let him go out on his shield. Yeah. Like, you know, most especially someone like Michael Chan is one of those guys who's like, fuck, like, I'm either going to put them out or they put me out. Yeah. I want to like pretty conclusive from there. But I thought even this one, like, you know, from there, it's like, yeah, could you come back? Yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards no. Yeah, no, it's one also one of those weird ones where like at the very time of the stoppage, like had you actually managed to stop it a second earlier, it wouldn't have looked early. Like mm. he went kind of flat and yeah. then propped up. Dog. Like so, like I understand. Like, and you can't half stop a fight. Like, if you're the ref and you've made the decision in your mind to reach in, you don't reach back when you see that like they're kind of doing okay. Like yeah. once you start to stop the fight, you've stopped the fight. Mm. So it's like he went flat. Cool, I'll stop it. And he just kind of propped up again. Yeah. Sort of a bizarre one, but <laughs> I don't know. The, the brain's a bizarre thing, man. Some one 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 second's on, next second is off. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's that one. Okay, and then we're coming up to this one. This this one's tail made for us. One championship, enter the dragon. Sweet name. Woo! This one's in Singapore. Um, watching the timer now from here is twenty one hours, and the time here is nine twenty one p.m. As we talk from there, so that should be like about six thirty start. Arthur. Yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah, I yeah, think. which is that, that's good. That's sweet. That's a really good start from there. There's a lot of fights on this card. Like you know, we're, we'll breeze through like a lot of them, but like the the main feature of this one is the tournament. Like from there, but like let's just go from the bottom a little bit and work our way up. So a couple of interesting matches. Got the Rock Daniel Dawson in a kickboxing match against Brown Penis. 
From the, the Netherlands? Say that again. Uh, brown <laughs> penis? <laughs> Pinus? I, I think it's Pinas. Pinas? Pinas. I thought you were joking when you said the name. Yeah. Like, then you read it. Let's go, no. No, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, good to see Daniel Dawson back in because like, he, he had that last one. Who did he fight against? I can't remember. But like he, he wasn't looking too bad. Yeah, he looked all right. And just uh, that was that like a Mustafa Haidar ah, or something. Yeah, one of those guys. It was looking good and then just got caught. Yeah, good. And then just couldn't really come back yeah. after that one. That's how it goes. Um, but like now, now, really good to see him in action. And, and Brown, um, Mr. Pinus. <laughs> he's looked at, he's looked alright as well. He's been looking good. Yeah. yeah. It's like so like it'll be interesting to see this match. Has he he's been been doing mainly kickboxing? Dawson? Uh Pinus. I think he does both. Yeah. yeah. I think I've seen him both, that's why. Yeah. But now he's from the Netherlands, so I guess from there. See going up. Okay, so he goes like pretty much there's a few MMA fights, but like, you know, the main thing is going into the um Featherweight kickboxing world grand prix quarterfinals here, so like there's a lot of huge names, a lot of old school names as well. Biggest here. kickboxing tournament I've seen. Oh, since like yeah, yeah, while. since the K1 days, yeah. really. K1 and Max, a way bigger cash prize than even in those days. Yeah, how much are they fighting for? There's a mill on the line here. Mil. One million US Dude. dollars. God damn, it's <laughs> a lot of more. So the first one off the back here, so we go uh, Jabba Askarov. That's an old school name. That's awesome. He's back. still He's based here in Australia now. Yeah, in Melbourne. He's now with um, um, Peter Hatton. Yeah, yeah, I think. I think it, I don't know if it's still Fighters Express. Or anything. I think it's Fighters Express. Yeah. Unless yeah. they change it. Interesting. He would have thought just like Jabba, just in Melbourne. <laughs> but um, he's fighting uh, Enrico Kell. This is a sweet fight. I really like Enrico Kell. I like Enrico Kell. From that one, probably like he's a lot less shot worn than Jabba is. Yeah, but like you know, it's like Jabba, he's like you know, his style, his style has always been like just walk straight up with a high guard and just swing. And bang. It's just the epitome of that, like uh, your opinion. Like, I guess it's like like that classic Dutch style kickboxing. It's like if you go on YouTube and watch a uh, Jabba Asgrove versus Robin Van Brisbane. That's just like a dude fighting his mirror image. Yeah. Like, just that busy, <laughs> absorb and retaliate style, hands low kick, punch a little on the gloves, mm-hmm. find something, and then just tuck your guard right in and wear whatever comes back. Just kind of like see who hits harder rather than like try yeah. to evade and pick your shots and just like relentless forward pressure, loves round shots and low kicks, but does fire up like kicks across the guard here and there. Mm-hmm. Just that like real season round shots like, Moves head to body really well, lightning quick, but can have kind of his rhythm upset by someone who wants to play a long game. Like, it's Jabba's one of those guys, he's been around so long that, like, you're not seeing his style drastically change. That it's just like the blueprint's there, but like, it's just up to you to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's right. <clears throat> so, like, Enrico Kelv, like, what kind of style does he have? Busy, mm-hmm. like a busy, aggressive, like, has fought, um, a fair to bit of Muay Thai as well, but he's generally yeah. based in kickboxing now. Um, Southpaw, mm. Enrico, got a lot of top-end experience, um, really nice step-up knees, mm-hmm. um, but likes to, like, this is just an interesting fuck, cause like, like, Enrico will get on the front foot, but he does like to kind of, like, initiate and then intercept, so as I, I think for him, is just going to be looking to kind of, like, stay on the outside of um, Jabba's short shots, kind of just, like, roll with the punches a little bit and swing back, but also just sort of like, he's going to want to scrap. Like, he's going to want to set his feet and go. But it's going to be him wanting to engage Jabba at a slightly longer range is going to be his game. Mm-hmm. So, probably just try to stick him away with something long. Just have him swing back and just keep on the outside to find counters. Mm-hmm. And then just sort of, like, wear Jabba back a little bit. Yeah. Well, so like I think also Enrico's going to want to 
stick uh, Jabba to the fence. I think if Jabba's on the fence in this, if they're on in a cage, well, that's it. We don't know. all the ropes. It's the same principle. Mm. And it's like if Jabba's backs on the ropes against Enrico, Jabba's struggling. Yeah, yeah. It's just known for the forward pressure from the. But like, if he can't just get that run from that one, then yeah, it's like you know, it kind of really limits his game. <clears throat> so going from there, there's a little break be- between that. So like, we got like Gary Tanner's back on the card again. From there, it's like he's been running really good, and he's like he since his MMA debut. For that, um, training shoot boxing, shoot yeah. boxing, he calls it shoot boxing. John Danaher, oh, yeah, yeah. Just bring him back old school, eh? yeah. Does <laughs> so he wear the tights as well? The guys with shoot boxing, no, but they should, <laughs> they should, yeah. Like Gary Tony's game seems to be involving a bit, like you know, he, he, he seems like to use a lot of the ring time to try and use his hands a bit as well, like you know, just get that experience there. Because, like, really, like if he wanted to, he could just rely solely on his ground game. Yeah. And just like do that, but like I like that he's actually he's getting in there and trying to apply what he's been trying like doing in training, and like in boxing not too bad. Like he's like I guess a lot of these kind of grapplers from there, like they're you, always kind of physically strong, and like you know when they go into their striking from that one, not ultra polished, but like you know just a couple of set moves from there, and like like when they hit, they hit. Yeah. Really strong. Yeah, and but it's like saying he's forming a really good game now, kind of incorporating it all together from like basically like being a wrestle boxer almost. Yeah, and then with a fucking wicked submission game, <laughs> he's fighting uh, uh Yoshiki uh, Nakahara from Japan. Don't know too much on him, but he has a fly haircut. <coughs> yeah, you know, that's sweet. He's, he's looking yeah. handsome, devil. Okay, going up from that one. So like going into the like, next stage of the flavorweight kickboxing tournament quarter, uh, quarterfinals. So we have Snoke, Smoke and Joe Nutwa. Love watching Smoke and Joe uh, versus Sasha Moser. I don't really know much about him from Ukraine. Yeah. Do you know much about Sasha? Sasha's uh, like, I don't, like, I haven't followed him that closely, but he's a WMC world champion. He's a tie fight champion, I believe, in card check. Like, oh, yeah? in, the, in, in the, the, <laughs> the rope gloves. The rope. Yeah, rope. Um, tie fight, card check. Yeah, real hero champion. Um, yeah, so he's been based in Thailand for a while. He's, uh, I think. Look, I'm glad Andy Sauer is not in this fight with Joe Nadawa. Like, that's a... Yeah, that would have been a bad That's match. almost like a irresponsible match to make, especially, like, coming off the Yotankai fight. Mm. I also like that Neri's now... Um, such a, obviously, a super accomplished dude, but I think he's now kind of like the dark horse for this tournament, and I think a tournament needs that. Like, mm. this was an all-star tournament, and I think you just need one dude that obviously has, like, you know, the, the stat sheet and the, the accomplishments to be a real player, but... Is just that little bit less known. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, exactly right. It's just like, it's always about the unknown guys that like, you know, have something to prove as well. Yeah. Especially in this kind of life. Well, that's both, how you got to approach it anyway. Yeah. Both this year is super aggressive. It tends to be like overall like a pretty aggressive tournament. Mm. Like it's a lot of lot of hard starters in this one. But I think uh, it's going to be a little bit of kicks versus punches fight. Uh, mm-hmm. None of us been really lighting people up with hands lately in one. Yeah. But I think... Uh, Looking at how um, Sasha sets his hands, it's probably going to be Joe looking to stand the outside and just fire up those middle kicks. But that kind of like Ukrainian style is like uh, Sasha will kind of just like wear the kicks and try to run through. It's going to be like, yeah, not as I versus just like Sasha's willingness to kind of make it like a war of attrition. But like Joe doesn't really struggle in fights like that. It's not like he's like a like a super evasive kind of like typical elite level tie boxer like he likes to stand like you saw him against George Mann in that third round he likes to get on the front foot and just Bang. swing yeah, yeah so I think that's going to be a really good fight mm, definitely alright so it's going up from that one 
there also seems to be a couple other like tournaments go like uh, other parts of the tournaments go through like MMA. So like there's a lightweight grand, uh, the lightweight world grand prix semifinals. Amir Khan versus oh shit, I'm gonna say that name. Say <laughs> Jude. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nope. Sorry, guy from Turkey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we also like got the debut of Stage Northcut here. I'm, uh, Super Stage. Super Stage Northcut from the United States, former um, UFC uh, <clears throat> vet um, versus Cosmo Alexandra from Brazil. Like so, Cosmo, like you've seen him heaps. Like you know, like he's, he's known in the Muay Thai circles and even kickboxing circles. Yeah, and um, he was on Bellator as well. I yeah. think you were saying from that one, with a pretty respectable. He's record. got a good record. Like he made. This what to MMA he fought on like he was based in the US at the time. I'm not sure if he still is now, but he, he fought a bit on a uh, legacy fights. Mm. Um, I think that promotion's gone. It's a or it merged with another one. Or, ah, yeah. yeah, that mm. one that was on Access TV. Yeah, um, and fought like on some Bellator undercards a couple times. I think he was like, even on like the prelims of Bellator card when like Bjorn Rebney was still in charge. Ah, yeah. But then he seemed to go back to uh, Muay Thai and kickboxing pretty much. He's, like I don't think he's fought MMA for a few years. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's making a move back to him. Yeah, and like this is a good match as well. Like you know, um, two like pretty aggressive strikers mm. from there. Like if you probably look at the more polished strikers like Cosmo, that one like Sage Norcross is just like an athletic freak and just been doing I guess karate and shit since he was like you know young. In that one, um, but like yeah, it should be interesting the match to see it goes down. From that I don't know who I'd pick really, maybe Cosmo, but just never know. It's like, you know, it'd be like a really bad debut for, like, Sage if he comes in and just gets knocked out. Yeah, it'd be bad, but that's, we've seen it. <laughs> we've seen it. Eddie Alvarez, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, really probably a lot of times as well, like, you know, Chatu probably wouldn't mind that. He goes, yeah, cool. We got Makes good my guys. guys look good, yeah. yeah. All right. So, going into an, uh, February kickboxing Grand, uh, Grand Prix other side of the bracket uh, quarterfinal. So, we've got Dodson Clyde. The man that fucking smashed Handy Sour the pieces, among other people. Many other people, yep. yeah. Uh, versus Sammy Sansa from France. I like this fight. Mm. Sa- uh, Sansa's like a high-rated uh, WBC yep. guy. Yeah. Um, I never really seen much of Sammy before from that one. Does, have you seen much much of his work? Yeah, I've seen Sammy Sansa a fair few times. Uh, he's definitely like, he's making the change over to kickboxing. He's fought kickboxing a couple of times um, since being in one. Like he fought uh, Armin Petrosian. Smashed him, um, but he definitely has a style, and, and he operates at a range that's a bit more comfortable when he can when he can work his way into the clinch. Like he kind of marches forward. He really likes to sit himself behind, step up knees, but also like marching kind of knee feints and teep feints. Like works off of that kind of thing. But a lot of that kind of stuff does work work you into right in front of your opponent, where you can get elbows and things like that going. Which in the kickboxing grand prix is obviously not going to be there. So. So I think I do, I look at the way that um, Sami Sana enters, especially when he kind of raises the knee up. Like, it's going to be very difficult to get Yodzan Clyde to bite on a feint. Like, I can see Sami kind of raising himself up behind these kind of like high sort of step-up knees and eating uh, Yodzan Clyde's left hand coming in there. Like everyone else. <laughs> that is kind of like, I have a picture in my head when I watch these two guys fight to kind of look at this tournament. I do see... Um, Yod St. Clyde kind of just rolling his left hand over as um, Sammy's marching. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, interesting fight. Yeah. Like, like, it, like Sammy's has a lot of range to contend with. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, it's like you do see Yotin Sinclair. He tends to fare well against the people who you like. You got this thing like Yotin Sinclair is such a legend, and when people fight guys of his caliber, you get guys coming in with that attitude. You've got to take it right to him. You can't over respect him. But a lot of people try that with Yotin Sinclair. Get fucked up. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty much what he wants. He likes really. it when you take it to him, yeah. and like because you know he's gonna like just like. And I can hit this dude because he's going to come forward. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I see. Like, he does kind of like to raise his level up really high. Like, kind of come, his head comes over his guard a little bit. Just He's behind his knees, like, so he's raising, kind of marching his feet up. And that's a good way to kind of just make a shield for any kind of midsection attacks that are coming back. So, I guess that's kind of like something that you could say that's a tick for just kind of marching through, sort of trying to play for that, evade that leg kick a little bit, the, that uh, left kick a little mm. bit. But I don't really like. For the typical way that he likes to come in and get after guys, if that's the game that he plays with Yod St. Clair, I do see the left hand coming straight through. Yeah. Yeah, I'm guessing this one's in like the the bigger gloves. That's in the bigger gloves, yeah. Yeah, yeah the biggest is to see because like Yod St. Clair has been doing all the animation gloves and stuff. Yeah. Like, so like, yeah, see if it changes the game up. A well, that does favour the people who, not favour them, but like, that's a tick for the people who have to fight Yod St. Clair. Mm. Like, you'd rather fight him in the big gloves than the little ones, but I don't, then it makes like a huge difference. Yeah. Alright, so going up from there, so we've got uh, Petch Morricot, Petch and D, Karenami, uh, versus the legend, another legend, Georgia Petrosian, uh, Petrosan. Um, man, like, you know, what can you say about Georgia? He's just, he's just always just looked always in control, slick. Never out of place. Never place. Defense is like another level, level and his counter, like, just counter-striking is like, you know, like, it's just awesome. <laughs> Off of that. Um... Yeah, like this is like obviously set up in this tournament as well. Georgia is on one side and Yolkin is on the other side here. Yep. And people can kind of gather. It's like, you know, they want these two to meet in the end. Yeah. Interesting enough in this one, like you're going to see like what you don't see really at all in one is like you're going to see a tie versus tie match at some point, I reckon, from there. Well, yeah. The, I haven't looked at the bracket for a while. Like. Mm. Like you know, you got Petch and D. Uh, I, I mean, sorry, you got um, you got Petch Morikod, you got Johnson Clyde, you got Joe Nadawa from that one. And I imagine like they'll win their match. Oh, except, well, except for Petch Morikod, that's 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 a big ask. <laughs> and like he hasn't been looking that great, like you know, in a lot of his fights. Still winning him, but like you know, when you come against Georgia, that's like another couple of levels above the people he's been fighting. Yeah, as well. But uh, yeah, I imagine there'll be a tie versus tie matchup. That's how it goes. Well, that's been a lot of the discussion as well. Has been like a one kind of like, especially with like, uh, you know, the evolve link up and things like that. Like, are they signing ties that are willing to fight each other, or kind of once the ties get beyond the stadiums and they get to like the international stage of one, like, are they going to be cool with fighting each other? Like, would they prefer not to? I guess when you have one million US on the line, no <laughs> what's the issue with ties? Fighting ties. A lot of the time, like when they get to big international, uh, no, it's not so much the issue that personally they have with fighting each other. It's that a lot of the time, like say one is like linked to uh, evolve, which like signs a lot of ties, and like they're kind of coming out of the same stables. Uh, so yeah. like, but also it's just like a lot of the time when they get to like large scale international promotions, they just don't want to fight their country, man. They also, it's it's a lot of time, like, I'm done fighting ties, man. Yeah, <laughs> ties are really and good like they, They've fought yeah. each other, like, six to seven times. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. the issue as well. There's been a lot of rematches and things like that, like, in the stadium. So, they're just like, nah, give me some, some yeah. Westerners to fight. <laughs> <laughs> give me someone new, man. <laughs> but, yeah, but, like, yeah, that, it's interesting how that links up. And, like, it's going to be a fucking great, like, quarterfinal. And, like, basically just go on and on until it goes to the final there. Yeah, how do you think I'll pitch Morocco versus Giorgio looks? Oh, I gotta pick 
Georgia. From there, it's like you know, yes. perhaps, perhaps Morocco, like from there, like it's always slick from that one. Still, like leaves a lot of holes. Like he almost gets flustered a bit of yeah. times now. It looks like like he gets desperate and like leaves stuff open from there. Uh, and like you, you just can't do that against Georgia. Like he's like you just give him a little bit of leeway from there. He's just sniping you. Yeah, he's been more aggressive too. Like I really, I like think the new aggressive Georgia is like a really bad match for Pesh Morocco. Yeah. Like, I think like, because we saw how uh, Georgia versus uh, Pesh Morocco's stable mate Sawgrow looked and I can mm. see this being pretty similar. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's do it. Who's going to win it all? Who are you going to pick? <laughs> um, I'm really been tossing up there. Like, I've actually never made a concrete pick. Mm. I'm, Pretty confident that it's going to be like, barring something weird happening, that it's going to be Giorgio and Yod in the final. Mm. Uh, like, I mean, like everyone thinks that, but like, there we I think the entire tournament will be won by Giorgio Petrosian. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. It's like a I don't know. Like, I really, don't in my head, choose. like, I don't have a picture that comes to mind of what Giorgio versus Yod Tanklai looks like. Like, yeah. I really want to see it. I know. But I don't know. Like, I just don't know. But <laughs> you, Trent? <laughs> I'll go with Giorgio. Giorgio? Yeah, why not? I think it'll be a shock. It'll be a, it'll be an upset. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be an upset, but I'll pick the overwhelming favourite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> guy from Italy's going to win. Yeah, like, I want to pick Giorgio as well. But, like, oh, it's just what... Like, yeah. I start to flip the corner, like... Does Giorgio beat you? It's like, I don't know. All right. That's it, man. It's like... Why is he the overwhelming favourite against... Oh, he's not like... Like, there's no... The overwhelming, like... Giorgio and Yotan Clyde, to all observers, feels like a done deal for the the final. We just got to get through two rounds. But that's like... Contrasting styles. Yeah. Like, you know... The bull versus the matador. Pretty much. Yeah. But then, like, Giorgio's more aggressive now. I know. So... I don't think Giorgio would like... I mean, like, we got, like... I think if it goes down, it'll be going down in December. It's like, we've got time to break down the final fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think Giorgio's going to, like, march out and scrap with Yod, though. Yeah. So this will be their last fight before December. No, they'll do, because oh, so it's an eight quarter final. So oh, okay. Semis yeah. are in the middle. And now final. But then, like, in tournaments, something weird always happens. Yeah. That's when I look at the final, I'm like, just fucking give me Giorgio versus Yod. <laughs> we know like, we want it. <laughs> but then, like, I also look at it and go, like, if you have them both and you put them in the same tournament, they're obviously, like, they're cool to fight. Regardless of what happens, if something wacky happens, somebody twists their ankle and just make that fight anyway. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Giorgio as well. It's like, yeah. It's just like too much in his game. So like big gloves, kickboxing his game. It's, it's like that's his domain. Yeah. From that one, and like you know, it does really good against aggressive people. But, man, but like I said as well, like you know, and it's like he's looking to really hurt people now. Not yeah. just like just going, I'm going to score points. He goes, no, I'm going to put this dude away. Still evasive though, but yeah, it definitely seems to be. Yeah. Really, just when he when he sets his feet off of like a a counter, he's he's looking for knockout. Mm. Alright, so above that though, we have a lightweight kickboxing world championship, and this is like a really good fight. Like, you know, probably some people overlooked because it's a quarterfinal. This is an awesome fight. Uh, Nikki Holskin, Netherlands, versus another Netherlands guy, and, uh, <coughs> uh, Regan Erskel. That one, and, like, yeah, I've, it's like, I don't know which last. It was, yeah, it was Regan Erskel versus, uh, Nick Juani. And Juani, yeah. Juani, yeah. And like, yeah, just aggressive dude, man. And like, saw his fight as well before with like Brad Riddell. It's like, fuck, he's just a 
big dude that just mows people down. Yeah. Just melts them. Yeah, he like flatlined Joe Nadawat mm. under full tie rules. Oh, yeah. yeah. A couple of years ago, like mm-hmm. vicious dude. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got the, like, you know, the Wonder Boy, Nicky Holskin from there. Like, Revitalized Nicky Holskin. Yeah, like, you yeah. Know, not a bad stint in boxing. Yeah. You know, he gave him pretty good account of himself versus Carl Smith. Like, you know, that's like a serious, like, you know, experience that, yeah. it, like, in terms of his boxing skills. And he hang, for, he hang around, fought him for the whole rounds. Yeah. Man. Did some, still some pretty good stuff. And then, like, um, I think it was, who was he last fight against? Uh, in the Super Series? Yeah. Oh, well, he had that wicked knockout over Cosmo. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then he fought, I forget the gentleman's name, actually. Mm. But yeah, like, has its two strong wins. Yeah, like, but yeah, it looks like he's coming out just ripping. He's back in form, yeah. Like, against that Cosmo, like, he was really looking, like, hadn't seen him that hungry, Mm. like, to really, like, he was just trying to starch Cosmo. Like, he wasn't content to, like, in his last few fights with Glory, you'd see him at the end of his winning run, pretty content to win on points. And then as he started to go on a skid, not even content enough to do, like, just kind of hanging in there. Like, just getting, like, volume run up, like, not really thinking on the fly, kind of just plotting. But, like, his fight with Cosmo, he just was there to rip Cosmo in half. Which, you, that's the demeanor that you need to fight Region Eastle. Yeah. But this is a big ask. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I imagine Regan would be a fair bit bigger than him. A bit bigger, yeah. Yeah, he's just a, just a big, long dude. Yeah, I think Region's knee game will give mm. Nikki some trouble as well. Like, just in Nikki's posture, yeah. when he says, like, if Nikki can, like, corner region and if he can sort of just start to just pop 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 with the hands but region just has that tough man style where like he'll eat that volume yeah like and he'll just like just keep front of the knees in yeah big like step up knees are going to be a big thing here yeah. especially like yeah you know, that's nicky's game like he like that uppercut into that liver shot like yeah that. but against the knee game you can yeah, disrupt that with a big knee mm-hmm. yeah so but like yeah but like i'm looking forward to that fight that's a that's great a fight really good fight from there and the very top of the card from that one is like it's an, it's an MMA uh, lightweight world championship bout. So we've got defending champion Shinya Yoki versus up and coming star and uh, Christian Lee from Singapore. Um, and Yoki, like as we talked about before, legend of the game, awesome grappler. And Christian Lee, like you know, had most of his wins from grappling as well. So I'm guessing, like, um, I know this would be a grappling battle more so. <laughs> most likely from there. Um, but, like, you know, Shinya and Yoki's, like, grappling chops are, like, you know, probably miles above what Christian's is there. But is age a difference? Is Shinya, how shot-worn is Shinya compared to Christian also? So, like, yeah, that should be a good battle back and forth. Um, I'm probably not guessing it won't go the distance on that one. How do you reckon it'll go down? I reckon Aoki. He'll do an Imanari roll. <laughs> yeah, in the start of the <laughs> Boom, Imanari, he'll hook. Done, <laughs> Cool. All right. And I think that'll do us for tonight from there. So let me see. Yeah, we've done a fair bit of talking. Cool. <laughs> That's what we always do. Back on track. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> uh, so, like, yeah, we'll try and get on the weekend as well, see if we can get to uh, answer a lot of other people's questions. Thanks for submitting questions. If you ever want to submit questions, more than welcome. Like, feel free to submit questions you want from there, and we don't mind answering them from there. Um, so you can so you can contact us via like the Instagram page at double enter the double dragon from there. You can DM me from that one and um <laughs> and then like you can also catch us on Twitter as well at like at at double underscore enter. Um, but but always remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and all other uh, podcast platforms. And I'll do us tonight. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.